You're listening to the Pat and Stew Podcast. On September 13th through the 15th, make history. Join me, Glenn Beck, and attend the inaugural Covenant America Celebration held on the beautiful Ozark Ranch just outside of Branson, Missouri. I'll be keynoting the event on Saturday night, and the event will also include two days of the best Branson entertainment and other patriotic and inspiring speakers. Of course, Sunday is going to be reserved for worship services. The event is sponsored by the producer of the new movie, Red Wing. It'll emphasize the vital importance of the Declaration of Independence. Every signer of the Declaration of Independence, as well as the indispensable man, George Washington, adamantly affirmed the protection of divine providence. They pledged everything, their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. Covenant America will explore who America is and why Israel is more than just an ally. Learn how the grievances of the Declaration of Independence apply to us today. Tickets for this event are going fast. Order yours at CovenantAmerica.us. That's CovenantAmerica.us. Hello. Welcome to Pat and Stu. We have great news to report. Lindsey Graham is on the top ten list of lawmakers in danger of losing a primary next year. Yay! Yay! I hope he's number one. Uh-huh. I get to play Stu, too. We'll also tell you about Obama's social engineering agenda. And uh, push diversity mm-hmm. in your neighborhood. That's right. That's almost as dumb as Bloomberg's health plan <laughs> to deliberately slow down elevators. So what? people will climb stairs instead. Oh. <laughs> we'll have a few choice words. For Bloomberg, coming uh, up to. No. Listen, Pat mm-hmm. and Stu, wherever he is, and me, starts right now. Yay! Here we go for Pat and Stu. QBO countdown. Four, three, two, one. Now, from the Glenn Beck Studio in Dallas. This is Pat and Stu. Only. On the blaze. 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 Hello and welcome. Triple eight seven two seven Beck eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. Kind of interesting. Big drudge headline right now. Uh, Fox News schedule shakeup. We told you that Megyn Kelly was moving to uh, primetime, and uh, sure enough, she is. And now Drudge is reporting. Megan Kelly is in at 9 p.m. Amazing. Which is interesting because that's Sean Hannity's slot. So where does Sean go? We don't know that yet. Uh, story, when you click on the story, it's just developing. So uh, I guess the details remain to be seen. I don't know if they're moving him to 10. I don't, I, I'm not sure. Is she co-hosting with Sean, maybe? Uh, maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. Sean Obviously, Megan? we don't know. I'm just. Huh. Now, I hadn't considered that. Maybe. You know, Maybe. I I don't know. It's it's uh, it's interesting though. It's oh, I mean, this makes our our job fun watching all this happen. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. But I think really, you know, we've talked about it before. But I I don't know. I, I think it's a mistake for her to do this. She's fought it for a long time, staying where she was at. I don't know if she in the fought to stay. At well, one I mean, she had her family afternoon. and stuff, you know. And it was yeah. that's a pretty. I know it's prime time, and I get it. I, yeah. I get I get the whole thing. But she was really really big where she was at, and it you know she held. That was her slot. It's pretty tough to let that go. Yeah, I know. I know it is. Triple eight seven two seven Beck eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. Now, as we mentioned in the open, uh, the top ten lawmakers who could lose a primary next year. This is kind of interesting because Lindsey Graham's on the list. Um, 
incumbency in Congress is, you know, it's something that almost certainly means you're going to be reelected, usually, um, especially in primaries, of course. And in the 2012 elections, even amid the low, the record low approval ratings, primary voters tossed out only one senator and five members of the House from office. But even that was a pretty big accomplishment, actually. Uh, back in, in, I think it was 2010, is that when Mike Lee was elected? Uh, Utahns threw out Bob Bennett uh, after 18 years in office and said, yeah, no, thank you. We don't want you around anymore. Uh, you're not who you were supposed to be or used to be. And they got rid of him. But it's really, really rare when that happens. And now um, everybody, I mean, this publication says that Lindsey Graham is among those who are in the most danger to lose a primary. Disappointing to see him at number ten. Though. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's uh, only tenth. This is this is. Uh, I would like him to be number one. So would I. I mean, Mitch McConnell, uh, number nine. I mean, I have not seen. I'm not looked into that race too too much, but I do not. It does not seem to me on the surface that Mitch McConnell is going to get thrown out of that seat. Um, maybe it will happen, but that's the thing. Like, if he's ahead of Lindsey Graham, they're saying he's more likely to be overthrown than Lindsey right. Graham. Uh, Enzi from Washington. A uh, bunch of representatives, uh, Brian Schatz from Hawaii, which I guess he's the guy, he's a senator. The, I guess he's the guy that replaced the guy who died in a way or whatever. Right. Didn't he, he, he passed away, I guess, and this is the guy who replaced him, I guess. I've never even heard this guy's name. He's making a huge impact, obviously. Uh, but <laughs> Kind of surprised to see Enzi on this list. Enzi's been pretty good. Has he? Yeah. Uh, Rodney Davis from Illinois, Republican from Illinois, not familiar. Uh, John Tierney from Massachusetts, not familiar, uh, but he's a Democrat. Carrie Bentivoglio from Mich- Republican from Michigan. Um, Mike Simpson from Idaho, also in danger. Mike Honda from California, Democrat from uh, California. Brian Schatz from Hawaii, you mentioned. And then, uh, Scott DeJarles, DeJarles from Tennessee. We've heard so much about him. Most of those guys representatives we've never heard of. So, but the two really interesting ones are uh, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell and uh, and the worst congressman or the worst senator in in uh, in the U.S. Senate, Lindsey Graham. Mm-hmm. And both those guys are going to be tough to beat. I mean, McConnell isn't he? Didn't wasn't the judge going to run against him? I mean, he's not. It's a tough spot to beat him. It is. Yeah, it's a tough spot to be to beat any incumbent, but especially longtime incumbent senators who have serious power because the Republican Party doesn't want to lose those power people because they got to start all over again with the new with the new senator who comes in, and uh, they've got to learn the ropes and they have to be indoctrinated and they have to be brought into the fold. And they have to be paid off, and it's just it's it's a hassle. Stop bringing your soul when you come to this town. Leave right. it back to the states. Let's leave it there. Exactly. It does right. make the whole process easier if you just leave it back in your own hotel. Yeah, hometown. just leave it there. Just leave it there. Just leave your soul back. We're there. not telling you you have to get rid of it. No, just don't bring it, it here. Just keep leave it, it you know, for when you go home to your district, yeah. and then it can look like really uh, compassionate to the people in your district, and then you leave it there and you come back to Washington. Because if you bring it here, we're just going to have to steal it from you anyway. We're we're just just suck it out. Take it from just you. Suck the soul right Nobody out. Nobody wants to do vacuum that. vacuum cleaner. It's a hassle. Mm-hmm. So uh, I like this quote. This is, I think, from the National uh, uh, Journal article as well. If Lindsey Graham had hoped his $6.3 million war chest would scare off political 
our potential primary opponents, he was wrong. The name of the game for those opponents is to hold Graham under 50% in the initial balloting and force a runoff. This is interesting because of the idea, and we've had a lot of people call us up with this, well, you know, uh, Nancy Mace and Lee Bright and somebody else and three more people are going to get in and then Graham's going to win easily. All it has to be is you actually want more people in this primary. Right. Because you just need to split the vote. Few votes more, and you just got to keep Lindsey Graham under 50. Then whoever performs best is going to get a runoff against uh, uh, against Lindsey Graham, and then you're set. So the only way he avoids a runoff is if he gets over 50%, then it's over. Yep. Then he's the guy. Keep him under 50, then you got the runoff, and then anything can happen. Just it's anybody's a little, game. A little more hope, actually, because I don't know. It, it, it's we, how Ted Cruz won. Yeah. He got Dewhurst into a runoff. He, what is Ted Cruz? I know. Uh, he kicked his teeth in in the runoff, and he went on to win the election. That's right. Yeah, I, so. Uh, I remember, uh, that I think Louisiana has these as well. I like these. My They have um, uh, instant runoff voting, which I wish all voting was instant runoff voting. Do you know that process? It, it's not two elections, and I think that's kind of weird. Where like, they have, you have the primary. If no one gets under, if no one gets over 50%, the top two, and then you have another election, you go back to the ballot box. That's how it typically happens in runoff elections now. There's this thing called instant runoff voting, where you essentially, instead of just voting, you rank your, the people you want to vote for. You rank your vote. So it, you put like, say you put, um, you know, uh, Lee Bright as number one, and um, the top two, and you put Nancy Mace as number two, and Lindsey Graham as number three. Right. Mm-hmm. If the top two are Nancy Mace and Lindsey Graham, your vote goes to Nancy Mace. Like if Lee Bright isn't in the top two, your se- your second choice automatically gets the vote. Mm-hmm. And so instead of waiting for another month, it just happens immediately. Like everyone tabulates the votes and it happens immediately. Um, I like that. I, I wish that would happen with all elections because there'd be times, a lot of times, where you'd have people saying, you know what, I'm going to vote for the libertarian candidate. And then my second choice is John McCain. Well, that would have been great because... Most likely, obviously, in this particular case, uh, the Libertarian candidate would not have uh, won. But your vote still, you wouldn't be wasting your vote by voting for a third party because it would still go to the, you know, the Republican. You know, if you felt that uh, the, the Libertarian was actually the better candidate, you could vote for the Libertarian. And then if it didn't work out, your vote would still go to the Republican instead of going to Barack Obama in that particular race. It's kind of a, a clean way to do it, which, of course, is why we don't do it. Of course. Of course. And it makes no sense for Republicans or Democrats to fight for it because all it's going to do is bring attention to third parties. And, of course, they don't want that, so they don't do it. Do we have the uh, Lindsey Graham uh, video from yesterday where he's doing the interview? Do we have that oh, available? We played on the radio show a bunch of times? Yeah. Um, hmm, that's uh, a good question. Yeah, I didn't see not. that. Okay, so uh, Graham, of course, was talking about uh, Egypt <laughs> and... This is one of the things that got Glenn set off so much early in the show today. Here's in part what he had to say uh, when he was asked about Egypt, because he and John McCain are over there right now. Although, for some reason... Your audio's not working? We're not hearing it. Yeah, I'm looking over there. That's all turned up, so I don't know what the... Engineer in the house? I don't know what the issue is, but... um, but Lindsey Graham said he has uh, he was he had no idea that things were as bad as they were in Egypt uh, yeah. when he was asked about it when he was over there. That's the summary. So he got he got over there. He's asked, "Hey, is is it is it what is it like over here compared to what you thought?" And he, "Oh my gosh, I had no idea it was this bad." 
So if I'm running against Lindsey Graham in this primary, and I'm not, but Nancy Mace is, and so is Lee Bright, and he's going to make that announcement very shortly. Um, I'm using that to show how unbelievably out of touch he is. I guess you have it. Yeah. Here's the video. Are you alarmed by what you see happening in Egypt? Oh, my God. I didn't know it was this bad. These <laughs> folks are just days or weeks know? away from all-out bloodshed. How did you know You that? know, there's a demonstration that's going to go bad here soon. The police are going to overreact. Um, mm-hmm. The atmosphere about resorting to violence is greater than I thought. Yes, I am mm-hmm. extremely worried. Yes, just for that. Just for that. I mean, just you for- are so out of touch. It's, we have reported on this for over a year on how bad that situation is. Turn on your radio, you asinine moron. How about that? Turn on a television set. We're not the only ones who have reported it. We're one of the few. But there have been reports. We've seen how bad and how desperate that situation is. Look at that. That picture is sickening. Look at that. That is sickening. Uh, it's just, just absolute idiots. And then you had Chuck Schumer in the in the in between them. I, I mean. If that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about the good old boy club in the U.S. Senate, I don't know what does. You know, between that, your and Hatch Ted Kennedy relationship, I mean, these guys can't be who you want them to be. They're too friendly with the other side. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being civil and and being friendly with other. But when you're hanging out with them, when you're laughing and grab assing with the other side like this. There's no way. I don't think that you're battling them tooth and nail on policy behind the scenes. Right. And you, not. S- you saw John McCain um, uh, react on the fly during the campaign. Uh, you know, you saw how quick he was. You saw his intellect. Do you think he's winning these battles behind the closed doors? Do you, I mean, you saw him. You saw him yeah, out no there running for a year. You saw his level of uh, of competence. Do you believe when he's behind closed doors talking to these lead senators of the Democratic Party that he's winning those battles? Nope. Of course not. There's no way. Because he's not that sharp. You know, I mean, he's he he thinks he's one of these guys. He's been there for such a long time. He thinks he knows the game well enough to, uh, you know, to get what he wants in there. And he gives up some. And, you know, we're working together. You're never working together with a guy like Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer is is beating you if you think you're working together with him. If he's convinced you of that, you're losing. Yeah. And, I mean, in that one sentence, Lindsey Graham told you everything you need to know in this upcoming election if you're in South Carolina. I had no idea the situation was this bad. Well, that's that's a problem, my friend. 888-727. Back. More Pat and Stu coming up. Beck, Pat and Stu. Uh, was our off-air discussion something you wanted to bring up on the air, or was it a? Uh, we could. Was yeah. it a, a uh, an important thing? Because it sounded like you were starting out with something very important, with something uh, well, critical. There is some. Yes, this yeah. is pretty important. I mean, I guess we could try this. Um, All right. Because I, I don't. I 
I clicked on this story for mm-hmm. reasons you will soon understand. Uh, and then I was perplexed by it. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a story about uh, Kate Upton, uh, the swimsuit uh, cover girl. Not okay. the not the everything like such as girl that we've talked about. Yeah, because her name is Caitlin, Caitlin Upton. Upton. But the Kate Upton is the girl who was on the, the cover of the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, she says after um, about a, she was on the, the cover for the first time. And um, she says, quote, I felt terrible about myself for a solid month. Okay. Now, here comes the reason. And you tell me if you understand this as you see some wonderful footage that these guys finally just had just had up. They just had it ready. They just had they it's shockingly. This is this clip. They knew exactly where this clip was, which is stunning. Uh, she says shame. this. I'll explain. I honestly don't. This part of it, I don't even understand. And then there's more of it. Here's the quote. After my first uh, Sports Illustrated cover, I felt terrible about myself for a solid month. Every single guy I met, Mm -hmm. every single guy I met was either married or about to be married. And I felt like I was their bachelor present or something. I'm not a toy. I'm a human. I'm not here to be used. I'm a grown woman, and you need to figure your S out. Okay. Do you understand... What the issue is there? What her complaint is there? No. Oh, yeah. Was she dating married men? Yeah. Is that what it is? Yep. As I'm sure of it. You or yeah, married or, you know, all, you know, uh, fiancéed up. And they still were saying, well, Kate, you know, if you if you be with me, I'll, I'll, I'll be with you. I mean, how many times? So like. All the cheaters. No, really, I will leave my wife for you. I promise. But for right now. So she's lamenting the fact that she's not meeting any actual single men. <laughs> yes. Kate Upton is having a problem meeting single men. If you're a single guy and you have a shot. At going out with her, and you don't take it, right? You take it. I mean, the life. bottom line is, you Be take done it. With your life. But hold on, she. So she says, uh, every single guy I met was either married or about to be married. So she's saying the only people hitting on her are married men, right? Yep. And she says, I felt like I was their bachelor present or something. See, I don't, I don't know. I didn't even take it that way. I thought maybe it was like, uh, you know, everyone was like seeing her in the magazine, and and she, uh, I don't even know. Then she goes on to say this. <laughs> There's more brilliance. There's more brilliance. <laughs> Good. To this. Okay. Well, first of all, there's this. The people deal mm-hmm. with models like they are children. They think that they can pull one over on you. It's actually funny. I, I'm always like, I'm about to pull something on you, and you're so focused on thinking I'm dumb, you're not even going to know. You're not even going to know. Which is, of course, the case when someone has convinced you to dance in your bikini by jumping up and down over and over again, mm-hmm. and you let that be the <laughs> internet buzz video of the week, and then you're naked on a horse. Wow, you really put one over on those guys there when you were topless on a horse. Wow, you nailed them on that one, Kate. Uh, but finally, she says, I was at a photo shoot, and I was wearing a cross necklace that my mom bought me. And somebody made a joke like, why are you wearing a cross like you would be religious? <laughs> and they took my necklace away. And I was really affected by that. The whole thing made me realize that I do want a cross with me at all times. I don't know how the story ends. I hope it's a positive ending. And and she, but she really didn't understand as as you watched the uh, footage there. She didn't understand why people might not think that she she's was the most entirely religious. religious? Yeah, where she's mm. essentially made mm-hmm. a career out of. And again, it's a wonderful career, but made a career out of wearing absolutely nothing mm-hmm. uh, as or frequently as possible. Or, yeah, or, or what she is nothing. wearing has been sponsored. So why wouldn't they take the cross necklace off? I mean, she's. Should be promoting whatever they want her to promote, not that. That's what she's cashing the check for. And I don't think that was the reason. Uh, but uh, I, 
it's an interesting, I guess it's an interesting world that I don't understand. You'd be shocked to hear, Pat, that my life and Kate Upton's life, not too similar. <laughs> uh, we, we live diverging, diverging cultures there, really? I would say. Yeah. Uh, it's an intriguing, uh, intriguing way of looking at it. I, I really don't even understand the first part of it. And, uh, well, she clearly thinks there's, there's nothing irreligious about, uh, taking your clothes off for men's magazines. But that's perfectly religious. I guess. I guess. Wouldn't that be the theory for her? I, I guess. I mean, and, and I, yeah, oh, a God-given body. Yeah, wearing a swimsuit is not. I don't think that that's a irreligious thing. No, but when you're showing it to yeah. everybody on a regular basis and, and doing, doing your darndest to turn men on as a profession. Come on now. Yeah. I mean, it's not something that I, you wouldn't you would be. Would you be surprised if you went into church next week? And on, uh, uh, you know, on the altar was the priest or pastor wearing um, a speedo and posing sexily. I would. <laughs> I would. I, I would, would be, be a little. I would also be surprised if the priest or pastor, or minister, whatever, is displaying photos of Kate Upton doing what she does. Yeah. That hey. doesn't seem really congruent either. No, I would right? not see. So that's why people assume, okay, you're not necessarily super religious. Now that problem, of course, not the same, not the problem, uh, done by our control room, who seems to have no problem at all. Just no, they don't seem images. to have an issue. Uh, that. they, that does not seem to be a concern of theirs. No, uh, right. Um, Good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. Let's go to Paige in Houston. Paige, you're on the Patent Stew Show. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Um, I was just calling to let y'all know that you know, we're talking about the NSA earlier and spying on people. And Glenn had said something about um, wanting, you know, spying on an individual. Mm-hmm. I'll volunteer. You will? I will. We can. I love this. We can record every aspect of your life. We can spy on everything you do, listen to all your phone calls, read all your emails. Whenever. For six months. Uh, have course, monitors. Obviously, we would also have access to all your back emails. So yes. you can't just start changing your life now because you know we're watching you. We would have access right. to all that. We would be able to have access to all your medical records, uh, mm-hmm. any correspondence, uh, financial records that we might want to have, uh, tax records, all that stuff. You're, you're totally fine with that's it. That's all cool? That's all cool. Cool. Well, let's set it up. Uh, All right, hang on, Paige. John Holt, and uh, we will start doing that, and we'll just start releasing things from your history. <laughs> and you let, awesome. you let us know how you like it. Awesome. And then we could do a like a reality show, The Life of Paige. Yeah. And then uh, we can try to make something out of what she's done that isn't illegal and make it seem as though it were. Yeah. Well, I, I, honestly, I think we could find stuff that's legitimately illegal. I mean, because we might be able to. There's 80,000 pages of tax law. You telling yeah. me we can't find some violations in there? Things that she's mentioned that she's well, done? Well, let's ask. Uh, Paige, mm-hmm. you still there? Can we bring Paige back? Hey, Paige, what do you do for a living? I'm a mortgage underwriter. Mortgage underwriter. Oh, wow. This will be intriguing, oh, This is then. good because you're probably one of those predatory uh, lenders yeah. uh, that uh, they're yeah. talking about all the time. No, I work for a really wonderful company. Actually, that's yeah. what you think. Okay. Uh, yeah, but yeah, whatever. Since we are intentionally trying to make you look bad, it won't look like that at the end, I promise you. We should probably clear that <laughs> but you're not you're not doing anything wrong, so you got nothing to worry nothing about. Nothing to right? worry about. Don't worry about it. Right? Don't worry about right. it. So, trust us, right? So, Paige, what are you pulling that's down to you? my husband's thought. You? I agree with Glenn, but my husband's thought is, I'm not doing anything wrong. You okay. know, what do I care? Well, I want to show him. Good. I'm going to make a point to him. You That's know? We'll awesome. Show him. Oh, I think this okay. is great. So you're trying to make a point to him because I, because right. the thing is, I have to tell you this page. 
uh, because of our access to your records, we are also able to go three hops from you. So everyone right. in your contact list, we're going to have to get their records. And everyone in their contact list, you get their records. And everyone in their yeah. contact list, you get so their records. So that'll obviously include your husband. Because he doesn't care because he's not go. doing anything wrong. Yeah, right? we'll get your right. right. He won't care. <laughs> so what do you what do you pull down a year? How much, uh, what are you making? Um, Between both of us, about 110, 120. Oh, wow. You're declaring on your taxes. One of these rich people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, not. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm putting a kid through college. Mm-hmm. What part of Houston do you live in? Uh, North Park. North Park? In spring. Okay. Uh, all right. We will uh, turn your life upside down. Yeah, I gave down. you a head start there. Do we? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. We're well on our way to making you look really, really bad. Um, all right. So do we get your information? Are we set? Or do we need to put you back on hold? Uh, probably put me on hold. Okay. We'll put you on hold. Thanks for calling. Uh, this would be great. Well, we actually, I'm shocked that we have a volunteer for the this. The only issue I have here uh, with Paige, who seems very, who seems delightful, she seems to be wanting to do this to prove a point to her husband. So yeah. really, it's her husband who's it's her husband we here. need to go after. Uh, but I'm fine with still ripping the life of the right part of this family. I'm sure we can point. make Paige look like she's having an affair on her husband. Maybe that'll make a point to him. I like it. Yeah. And of course, the husband will, will be. See, he won't give us. Or no, he will. He should, in theory, give us access. He should, because he he, he's not doing anything wrong. He's not doing anything wrong. Why does he care? And by the way, we'll be able to tell if you've deleted emails, Paige's husband. We can tell that. Mm-hmm. We'll have our, our digital sleuths go through and look at your account no, very we have carefully. good ones. And we, we do have very really, good ones. Really good ones. So, I mean, and look, right. you know, what do you got to worry about anyway? Well, uh, they're not doing anything wrong. They got nothing to worry about. Don't worry about it. 888 back. Beck, it's Pat and Stu. Uh, the exciting news, the big news, not one or two or three, but six NFL football games on tonight. Oh, my gosh. Six preseason games on. And this is October, I mean, August, uh, August 8th, <laughs> August 8th. And six NFL football games on. Yeah, here we go. We got Baltimore, Tampa Bay. Okay. Cincinnati. So the defending Super Bowl champions in action already. Cincy, Atlanta. Yeah. Oh, that's a big one because both those teams, big, big expectations this year. <laughs> now, of course, no first week preseason game is a big one. We should point that out. Big game. But for me, they're all big today. Uh, then you got St. Louis, Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that one's hard to express. That would be a big one. Uh, Washington, Tennessee. Denver, San Francisco. Uh, Seattle, San Diego tonight. And that's this, that's the six for tonight. And then you got a bunch, one, two, three, you got geez, a, lot, a ton man. more tomorrow. That is a lot. So, one, two, three, four, now, five, yesterday, six, seven, eight tomorrow. Yesterday we played, uh, we played the great Manning video, uh, for, that they did for DirecTV. And by the way, uh, DirecTV, <laughs> I don't know what the deal is. You should call 1-800-996-BLAZE and request uh, the Blaze on DirecTV. I'm yes. just saying, I, you know. Just saying. I'm, uh, I'm just an honest Dish observer. has it. You know, they it would do? be a shame for us to have to one day say, you know what, you should do a switch to Dish. Just switch to Dish. Um, but uh, they did this great ad. I mean, they spend a ton. We talked about this yesterday. They spend a ton of cash on advertising. They must. 
And they to get uh, Eli and Peyton to do this uh, football on your phone thing uh, had to cost a fortune, and it was really well done. But anyway, our dorky uh, phone guy, uh, phone dork Keith, was curious about uh, curious about who wrote the song. Is that is that what you were looking for yesterday, Keith? You're, you're maybe turn on the microphone. Jeffy's dope. be helpful. Uh, it sounded like something that Andy Sandberg might write on uh, Saturday Night Live, you know? Okay, right. Justin Timberlake, yeah. stuff like that. Right. So you thought he might have done it, so right. you searched for it. That's right. And um, we have some evidence that you searched for it. But before we get to that, mm-hmm. um, did you find the answer? Did you find out who wrote it? I have not found the answer. Oh, okay. uh, really? Because we're disappointed in that. We actually wanted to know. Yeah, I really did. Are you eating know. animal crackers again? Well, I've, I've made some progress. <laughs> Holy on, crap, you yeah, really have. On some, uh, How many of those do you eat a day? A few handfuls here and there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you not be chewing while you're talking? Is that a request I can make I'm as sorry. a broadcaster? By the way, I'm not... Uh, pretty, sure, pretty sure you made that request yesterday as well. Yeah, I, thank you, Jeffy. I'm not uh, pandering to South Carolina voters today mm. by wearing a South Carolina t-shirt <laughs> or a South Carolina hat. No. Not at all. Here's it's the issue, uh, Keith. They saw you yesterday, so none of this pandering is going to work. Uh, That's the issue. Is mm-hmm. huh? uh, you mm-hmm. or you. That's the problem. So, But during your search, something mm. interesting happened. Yeah. Now, on this phone, it's a pretty new phone for me. Uh, I never get pop-ups. I mean, who gets... I, I don't get pop-ups on cell phones. Um, like a pop-up ad, pop-up basically. Ad. And pop-up not. Ad. And I will say, you'll see it here in a second, but not yet. Uh, but you'll see it here in a second. And it it looks more like, almost like an internal message from your phone. Like you a reminder message, or you need mm. to update this, there's an error, or yeah. something like that. It doesn't look like a normal pop-up ad. Very odd. Uh, and I have never, on this new phone, been to whitehouse.gov never been to that never. site on this phone ever that's correct okay okay wow Interesting, and yet right? what popped up this oh, popped yeah, up here's the go. picture uh this is uh keith's phone now if you can see in the background it says <laughs> who's who wrote football on your phone but if you see in the front this just popped up over it the White House uh, Can we website. zoom in on that or not? Yeah, it's kind of tough to see, but it says the page at uh, m.whitehouse.gov, the mobile site of the whitehouse.gov, get the official White House app. It offers the video alerts and the latest news, photos, and much more. Download it now. Doesn't there look, we go. That, that's okay. something that you might see like if that. I were at whitehouse.gov. Maybe, yes. yeah. Although yes. you've never seen that never. at another site, right? Exactly. And maybe if you already had the app or you were on their mailing list or something, maybe? I, I don't even Creepy. know. But it just popped up while you were searching for who wrote football <laughs> on your phone. That's bizarre. Now, we I'm all sorry. know. That's a problem. We all know how serious this White House is and building mailing lists. I mean, they even admit and brag about how good they are at taking yeah. your data. They don't talk about it as you, as if it's something that you know you don't want. They say, well, you're signing up, so yes, we're taking all your data, we're going to mine it, and we're going to get, we can predict who you're going to vote for because of that. Uh, but this is, I mean, you want to talk about building mailing lists. I mean, how many people got that message yesterday on yeah, this phone? Yeah, and what, what, where, what site were you on that you got that? I was on Google, as you can see in the background there. So maybe it's just something that Google has, or they bought with Google, that when you do a search, that pops up. Is that possible? I I don't know if maybe they know that I go to a lot of political websites. 
I'd hate to think what kind of pop-up Jeffy's going to get later. Oh, my but, gosh. You know, maybe they just know my likes and interests, and yeah. that's how it happened. I don't the, we- know. the website Midgets on Parade wants you to download their app. <laughs> so many jokes. So many. So many. I want Midgets on Parade. I thought it was pretty good. No? All right. Okay. <laughs> I would l- certainly look at it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Check it out. It's just an app. It's a free app. You know? The Midgets on Parade app. It's little people, by the way. Little people. Well, not, no, this is a not this site. Not this side. Okay. No. All right. Uh, wow, that's really interesting. I wonder uh, it really what the story is behind that. What kind of phone do you have, uh, Keith? Uh, Galaxy Note 2. Hmm. Isn't that the one that's like the size of a billboard? Yeah, I left it in the other room. I should okay. go Galaxy it. Note 2. Yeah. I, I, if you if you have a Galaxy Note 2 or another Samsung Galaxy, one of the uh, any product, and you've seen a message like this, I'd love to hear about it. That's really interesting, especially given that you've never been to the site. Now, because you're a phone screener, is it possible... You're on a million, you book all of our guests, you're on a million of these mailing lists. Is it possible you clicked on something unintentionally that could have brought this message up, like from one of your emails or something? I don't think so. I'm pretty careful. I don't know. Hmm. I have no idea what generated this. And that, I don't like mystery, Stu. So that's why, that's, that's why I was looking up who wrote well, on your phone. I just want to go on record as I can't tell you how many times I've said that. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because Keith actually emailed me and said, you know, talk me down off of this because Keith immediately jumps to, like Barack Obama's in his phone, like he specifically typing messages out to him. Uh, and I really don't know how to talk you down off of that one. I'm, I'm sure there's some explanation and it very well could be uh, that um, either because it's the White House site and not his a campaign site. It's not impossible that they could have made a deal and say, look, you know, we just want to keep people informed with the White House. And it's, you know, the White House is supposed to. I mean, obviously, it's the head of our government. And, you know, maybe they mm-hmm. just. They just did this message as a favor to the White House. I mean, and I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they wouldn't say we're because we want everyone to like Barack Obama. But maybe uh, I mean, they're making a big deal. You see it here on their website. Uh, the White House mobile app is apparently a big deal to the to the White House. And I'm sure they've spent a fortune of your money on it. <laughs> so very interesting, Keith. You actually brought something to the table hey, that yes. was moderately good. Good job, Keith. Yes. Yeah. Thank How you. long you worked here? I don't know. Little while, three, however long. Four years, four years and five days. Something okay. valuable finally happened. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank, thank you, you, Keith. All right, this is a monumental Yay. moment. Much better performance. Love you, yesterday. South Carolina. Vote for me. Um, uh, all right, back to the more important aspect of of this, and that's the fact that football season is is beginning tonight. Really, <laughs> yes, in earnest, at least in uh, preseason. Uh, CBS News has has done this hurts many 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 calculations, mm-hmm. computer simulations on who is most likely. They, they played the whole schedule of the football season 50,000 times already on a computer. So the computer played and simulated the games 50,000 times. The least likely team to win the Super Bowl. I don't know if that's true. This year, the the least. I I don't know if this is true. Likely. Watch what you're saying here. Winning in only 0.5% of the simulations. That's 0.5. Half of a percent of the time is all they won the Super Bowl. The Philadelphia Eagles. (laughs) Now, I don't. This is accurate, by the way. Of course it's accurate. No, Pat, you're saying CBS News or CBS yeah, Sports? CBS Sports. My oh, CBS belief, Sports. CBS, well, it says CBS News here. Oh, there you go. Actually, it does there. say CBS News. Oh, My man. belief is uh, that that's just the lowest one they listed. I believe I that. I mean, I'm going to look at it right now. I, I mean, the Cleve- I think the Cleveland Browns won it more times. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars won it more times. 
Uh, but we have the chart. There it is. Uh, San Francisco 49ers. Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, they just didn't list everybody. Jacksonville okay. Jaguars, 0.1% chance Oh, okay. So they're they're not the least likely. No, but they're I, very, 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 very unlikely. A 1 in 200 chance to win the Super Bowl. Which, by the way, I want to go on record as an Eagles fan. I will take that. If there yeah. actually is a one in two hundred chance, <laughs> I that. will accept that and be happy with it. For the Forty uh, ers they've got a they they won the simulation twenty point one percent of the time. The Denver Broncos fourteen point six, followed by the Packers at ten and a half percent. Then the Patriots at eight point nine. Seahawks, Texans, Cowboys uh, were one percent, one percent of the time. And then the Philadelphia Eagles, 0.5%. Yeah, I don't know why they list... I guess because this is a Philly news source that broadcasted this news. That's why they list the Eagles. There's a bunch... Like, we, we have the New York Jets is 0.4%. Um, oh, there's teams less likely. Uh, Cleveland Browns, 0.3. Tennessee Titans, 0.1. Jacksonville Jaguars, 0.1. Uh, looking for any... Uh, Can you believe oh, there's wow. a scenario under which Jacksonville yeah. won the Super Bowl? However, you cannot Amazing. say the same if you were a fan of the Oakland Raiders. 0.0% chance of really? winning the Super Bowl. Wow. Uh, you've got uh, huh. Eagles 0.5. Uh, Vikings. Hmm. Wow, Vikings with Adrian Peterson. And they were a playoff team last year, weren't they? Yeah, seems they were like in the playoffs. It. Yeah, it seems like it. 0.2%. Less than the Eagles. Wow. Um... The Bucks at 0.6% if you're a fan. Arizona Cardinals, 0.1%. Uh, so there are some less than the Eagles, although there's a lot more that have a better chance than the Eagles, and this is something mm. I admit. I, yeah. not, I would say if it was... Uh, the odds are a little different um, uh, than this. Because I would say if you could look at these simulations and then go bet on the odds, like the Eagles' chances of winning the Super Bowl are, are not 200 to 1. Like it's only like, I think it's like, 70 to 1 or something like that. So you could get some real value probably by looking at all these rankings and if you believe these computer simulations. Uh, and, you know, there you go. You can make some cash in Vegas. Uh, what it all means, though, is the NFL uh, football season is approaching. It's rapidly approaching. We got, what, 30 days left. 30 days and the season, it's not preseason anymore. It's the actual NFL regular season plus college football just around the corner. That's the good news. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. More Pat and Stu coming up. Seven two seven Beck. It's Pat and Stu. The uh, president claims that he believes in the free market. He makes this claim, as we mentioned on the radio show, a couple of times a year, um, and he likes to he likes to mock those of us who believe he's a uh, I don't know maybe leans Marxist heavily, or maybe is a card carrying member of the Communist Party. We're not sure, uh, but uh, certainly you know it's. It's not so ridiculous to say with his policies and with his past and with his entire history of Marxism and communism and growing up in the, and we've talked about all of it, you know, both of his father influences in his life, communists, the mentor he had growing up, communist, 
His mother, communist. His grandparents, communist-leaning. He goes to school and says he prefers the company of communist professors, Marxists. He hung out with radicals. I mean, why is it so preposterous? I have never understood. Why is it then preposterous to feel that, uh, you know, maybe he, some of this rubbed off on him? Uh, I mean, really? And then he says things like, uh, I think when you redistribute the wealth to the poor, it's a good thing. You spread the wealth, it's a, it's a good thing. And he believes in it. And he has said it on several occasions. And so it pisses me off when he then mocks and says things like this, as he did yesterday. First, private capital should take a bigger role in the mortgage market. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds confusing to folks who call me a socialist. I think I saw some posters there on the way in. <laughs> but, but I actually believe in the free market. And, and just like oh, crap. the health care law that we put in place... Obamacare, which... Oh, these idiots. Listen to Cheering their demise. Which, by the way... Which, by the way, which, by I just the way, gave an exception to Congress. Insurance, or you're buying it at exorbitant rates on the individual market starting on October 1st, you can join a marketplace and be part of a pool that gives you much lower premiums, saves you a lot of money. 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 Why Why then did you just that. give the exemption to Congress? Why have you given a, a year delay to uh, major corporations? Why? I love, too, that it's going to save you a lot of money. People who don't have insurance are paying zero. Yeah. How are you going to save them money? You're, you can claim all you want. Yes, one out of a, a hundred or a thousand will save some money. But the the, the reason why... Even if your thing were to work with Obamacare, the reason why is because healthy young people are subsidizing older, unhealthy people. So the people yeah. who don't have insurance now that are healthy and young are going to go from paying zero dollars to paying your stupid premiums because you're forcing them to by the power of law. Not because they want it, because you're forcing them to. And it's 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 such a ridiculous standard. This guy just sits here and just lies. I, mean, yeah. I don't know why I'm amazed by it. I don't know why I'm perplexed. I don't know why these are shocking segments. I don't know why <laughs> we even bother. But it's so obvious to anyone who mm -hmm. puts one moment, mm -hmm. one fleeting moment of thought into it. Yeah. But that is, uh, this is what we get every day from this guy. Every freaking day he does this. Lies. We could do these shows and fill them wall to wall with this guy lying. Really could. And we have. I mean, we've done, you've done, uh, you did a whole week of shows, uh, just his lies that we could prove incredibly easily without having to make these long, uh, you know, sort of uh, mm -hmm. explanations to them. It's I just mean, sad. This guy believes in the free market like I believe in the tooth fairy. He he does not believe in the free market. You don't, he, he believes the free market is evil. But the tooth fairy is real. I mean, obviously, how else do you get money under your, your pillow when you lose a tooth? You know, and there's, there's facts to that. Your parents, your parents put the... Put the money under your pillow. No, that's still that's, that's your parents did that. That's yeah. obviously not true. So, yeah, oh, man, that's obviously not true. I mean, we know the truth. The tooth fairy. I mean, you know, look, it's a little creepy, but you know, tooth fairy gets in there, flies yeah. in through the window, right? Puts the money under your pillow. It doesn't doesn't really and then, happen. And then, then the tooth the tooth is gone. So I mean, if, spoiler alert it, it, for the little kids, but yeah, no, no, it's no. tooth fairy's not real. Here's the thing: mm -hmm. if it wasn't real, then the tooth wouldn't be gone. Maybe there'd be mm -hmm. money under there, but the tooth wouldn't be gone. Yeah. the Parents take See, that. the tooth fairy has they piles of giant piles of they teeth. They trick you. Kids are easy to trick, and no, that's, that's what they that's do. That's they trick true. you. Your true. parents trick you. Sorry, Stu.
It's a, Pat's being funny. Don't worry, kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny one. Uh, so he's also using uh, the housing department to compel diversity in neighborhoods um, in a move that some claim is tantamount to social engineering. The Department of Housing and Urban Development is imposing a new rule that would allow the federal government to track diversity in America's neighborhoods and then push policies to change those it deems discriminatory. So they are forcing it down our throats again. And, I mean, does any is anybody bothered by the fact we all love diversity, but if it's going to be forced on us, I, I'm not sure that's the best way to go about things. I mean, people live where they want to live. Why force them into neighborhoods they don't want to be in? It, it just it doesn't make any sense. Um and uh, Fox News did a good report on this, and here's a little Uncle bit of that. Sam wants to help you diversify your neighborhood, mm-hmm. whether you like it or not. Tonight, correspondent Doug McElway tells us about a new interactive effort that some people say is a huge overreach. I think when you spread the wealth around, it's good for everybody. Five years since those words, the Department of Housing and Urban Development is imposing a new federal rule which gives them meaning. It's called affirmatively furthering fair housing. It will require the feds to gather data on segregation and discrimination in every single American neighborhood and remedy it. In too many of our hardest-hit communities... Remedy right, it? Listen to this guy from HUD talk about poverty and what it's all based on. No matter how hard a child or her parents work, mm-hmm. no matter that child's potential, the life chances of that child, even her lifespan, is determined by the zip code she grows up oh in really what are you talking about? my life is determined by my zip code so i grew up in 59601 that's the zip code for all of helena montana we were all destined for the same fate yeah all, all of, of us make the same amount us. of money Thirty thousand people making exactly the same amount of money doing exactly the same thing Eating the oh. same food, wearing the same clothes. You know that because that entire population now lives in suburban Dallas with you. you they're all your neighbors, right? <laughs> no, it's weird. No, huh? you know that everyone you in your That's neighborhood right. They're all this... born in Helena, right? <laughs> I mean, how stupid. That's stupid ass. Can you imagine what saying that out loud? It's, uh, it's so. It's so dumb. ludicrous. We got to spend more time on this yeah, because it is so. Unbelievably ludicrous that everything in your life is determined by your zip code. Oh, okay. There's no other factor there. Like, I don't know. Do you have a dad, a mom? Were they poor, rich? Uh, wow. Here we go for Patton's two. QBO countdown. Glenn Beck Studio in Dallas. This is Pat and Stu on the Blaze. Hello. Uh, We were talking about this uh, Barack Obama administration diversity program, and it's uh, it's mind numbing. I want to get to this one part from the HUD official where he's talking about here's but here's the report from Fox. Uncle Sam wants to help you diversify your neighborhood okay whether you like it or not 
Tonight, correspondent Doug McElway tells us about a new interactive effort that some people say is a huge overreach. Mm. I think when you spread the wealth around, it's good for everybody. Five years since those words, the Department of Housing and Urban Development is imposing a new federal rule which gives them meaning. It's called affirmatively furthering fair housing. Hmm. It will require the feds to gather data on segregation and discrimination in every single American neighborhood and remedy it. And, and too many of it. our hardest hit. Okay, what does that mean? They gather the data on uh, ethnicity in every neighborhood in America and remedy it. Yeah. Well, how do you so, remedy an ethnicity? Uh, I, I, I guess if you're too white, uh, they move in Hispanics and blacks. If you're too black... A neighborhood? Do they do anything there? Do they move in whites and Hispanics? How yeah, do you remedy see, like, it? Are they going to move more white people into Little Havana into, in Miami? Right. Is that what you're going to do? Is that because are, are you going to move I think, white people into the third ward in Houston? Because are you? What, what my, are you going to do? My belief would be that the people who live in Little Havana like it. Yeah. And in fact, visiting there, it's cool because it's a different culture and you learn about different things. And but there's too many foods. Too many Cubans. Live too there. many Cubans. Yeah. Live too there? many Cubans. Yeah. Because they're only Cubans. Right. Mostly. Or the vast, yeah. vast majority. are Right. So we got a remedy. A, I like that experience. Well, no, we, we need to, to remedy it. It needs to be remedied. Now, that's the question, though. If they're if it's an ethnic population like Cuban. Is does the, is that something that needs to be remedied? Oh my gosh! Yes. Probably not. No, because it's oh. it's fine to have all blacks or all Hispanics or, right. or all Cubans, or right. whatever. It's not okay to have all white. Even that's though not okay. Statistically, that's much more likely. I mean, yeah, with seventy-seven percent, whatever it is, yeah, of the population yeah. being white. Um, however, there's there's much more here. This is amazing stuff. Communities. No matter how hard a child or her parents work, no matter how hard a child or her parents work, no matter that child's potential, no matter potential, the life chances of that child, even her lifespan, is determined by the zip code she grows up in. Now, that's an amazing statement. Everything this child does is, de- is determined by her zip code. <laughs> I mean, it's what? Insultingly stupid. Yeah, I have never heard anything like that. But I would say that I bet you the audience he was talking to. Oh, they ate the it up. The vast majority were like, they mm, ate so it true. up. It's so true. It's so true. It's, it's so true. If I was in uh, uh, 59601, I'll always be in 59601, the mean streets of Helena. If That's I, just if what I'm destined to do. I was born in 90210, then my life then, is always going to be perfect. It's always going to be perfect. Yeah. It's, so, it's so stupid. I mean, you can make that case to, at some level when you're talking about a country of birth. Like, you know what? The, the laziest person here that does nothing their entire life probably does have it better than a hardworking person in the Central African Republic. Re- Republic, and that's you know that's there is a global issue there uh, that you can you can argue you can't argue it inside the United States. I mean, is there influence? Do you start from a lower uh, you know place in uh, as far as earnings go? Do you go to uh, uh, um, is it harder to rise than it is if you start out kind of yeah i mean sure of course it makes it a little easier is it easier for a child of of wealth to get a better education or they might live in a in a uh in a better school system or sure there's some of that of course you can get through most of that i mean you know you talk about something like what is it 60 or 80 percent of rich kids of rich parents wind up not being rich at the end 
it's some ridiculous number like that. It's in it's in one of the books. I want to say it's I want to say it's an inconvenient book. Maybe there's a stat like that. I mean, there's all sorts of mobility, and you know you have a good chance of moving up as well. The stats are all in there. It'd be one to maybe go back if you have how a many copy kids? How many out. kids growing up in Compton got out of Compton and became successful? A lot. Mm-hmm. What was uh, Chris? What's his face? Gardner. Uh, he grew up under poor circumstances, was poor most of his life, was homeless for much of his life, and then became wildly successful, a multi-multi-millionaire. I mean, you can do that in this country, and people do it every day. The real issue, I think, is making sure you don't fall victim to a... a, a culture that, uh, you know, in your in your little neck of the woods uh, that uh, influences you too much. For example, if you're in a really wealthy community, you can become maybe very snobby. Maybe you would see a lot of people who are snobby. If you're in a poor community where there's a lot of crime, you might see a lot of your friends go out and commit crimes. If you let yourself fall into mm. that pattern, then, yes, that is that's how you get locked into those lives. Those lifestyles, because you see, if you if you mirror the pattern of your community, then, yes, you're going to fall into that pattern. But it's not it's nothing to do with your zip code. It's not where you live. It's what happens to you while you're there. The way you're brought up, whether or not you have a dad in your home, a mom in your home. Do you have guidance and leadership and mentors and people helping you every step of the way? Is Barack Obama, was he destined because of his crappy zip code? Uh, to live a crappy life? How, well, he didn't have a crappy zip code, didn't he? Uh, he Puno, I mean, Punahou High, and uh, it was okay. I mean, they what? had an okay zip code, but it wasn't a rich zip code. We've heard the horror show that Joe Biden grew up with. I mean, he was in Katie's restaurant, uh, Home Depot. The only two things there, none of those are even there anymore. Yeah, uh, he, he grew up in the mean streets of Scranton, PA, yeah. and uh, he had no chance. Mm-hmm. But he became vice president of the United States. So we have a president and vice president of the United States who didn't necessarily have uh, elite zip codes. Uh, and they seem to do fine. What is it? So it's just it's this idea of trying. I mean, it is nothing but an attack on capitalism. It is nothing but a an attempt to show. And you know who else did this in his book was Michael Moore. Uh, you know, it's a lie. You can't be rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can't control that from you know, a rich guy, from a rich guy. It is. But that is what he wrote. You can't you can't be rich. You have no control. The system set up against you. That's what they you have to believe to make their arguments legitimate. Obviously, there's enough people in this country who do believe it to get someone like Barack Obama elected. And there's enough people in this country who look at Mitt Romney's 47 percent speech and want to cry about it. You know, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. you know, I, it's, I never, I look, I grew up in a, uh, I grew up in the mean streets of Connecticut, uh, which sounds, I know, so, oh, so glamorous. However, uh, we were never a wealthy family. Uh, you know, we barely made ends meet most of the time. Uh, you know, m- you know, both of my parents worked to make that happen. Uh, you know, my parents got divorced. I, w- you know, had a single mom for much of my upbringing. Uh, you know, times were tight throughout my entire childhood. We never had fancy cars. We never had new cars. We never had anything like that. Uh, but you know, it's up to the way your parents raised you and what you do with that. I mean, my parents raised me fine, but I I could have been very lazy afterwards. You can ha- you can come out of terrible parent uh, situations with your parents and and make something out of that. It all depends on what you do. And I, I, I mean, that is really Definitely. what it comes down to: how Definitely. you treat your situation. Do you treat it as this thing that has locked you in and you can't escape, as this guy wants you to believe, or do you treat it as 
one thing, one experience that you should learn from and grow into what you want to be. You could have stayed in Connecticut your whole life. I could have stayed in Helena, Montana, like many of my friends did. Mm-hmm. Jeffy could have stayed in whatever rock he crawled out from under. Yeah. Uh, you know, but we didn't. We didn't. And uh, so did some of my other friends. I've talked about this before. In my uh, in in my town, uh, one of the guys that I started in radio with, Jack Womack, is now the domestic vice president uh, at CNN. Uh, senior vice president, I think, of programming at CNN domestically, so in America. Um, then then uh, Bobby Petrino was uh went to school with me he became the head coach of the louisville cardinals and the atlanta falcons and arkansas then he had a little motorcycle accident where he happened to be with some chick that wasn't his wife and uh, now he's not doing as well but i mean the guy was making four and a half million dollars a year mm-hmm. you know we didn't stay there we did things and we're here now we're doing other stuff you don't have to be you don't have to be anchored to your zip code your whole life. Especially You don't now. have to do that. Especially now. Like, maybe you go back in the day, and that's not how people lived. They, they, you know, they came up, they went to the factory that, that was in their town that their dad worked at, and they lived, they worked there, and they kept doing the same thing. And, like, there's nothing wrong with that life, by the way. I mean, you know, if you want to do that, that's totally fine. But you have to realize that you do have some control over this. And, you know, when uh, there's a lot of people who, back in the day, might have done that because... You, you stayed in the family business. That's how society was. Society is very mobile now. And, you know, the average person lives in a house that they purchased, purchased for seven years. A 30-year mortgage, seven years you stay in the place. That's the average. So, obviously, you know, around half of those people uh, do it, stay in their, in their house even less time. People move all around America. They People are flooding to the south, by the way, uh, because of uh, lower regulation, better job markets, better weather. You know, this happens all the time. You do have control over that, at least at some level. That doesn't mean you have control to be Jeff Bezos or control domestic programming at CNN. I mean, you know, that's obviously a you know best case scenario. And probably a lot of things went right, right in his life to get to that position. That doesn't mean he doesn't deserve it. But, you know, it's, not everybody gets to that level or it wouldn't be hard to get to that level. But still, you have a, a level of control of your life that, you know, the left view of the world doesn't acknowledge yeah, that can, you have no control done. over your life in their view. And it I don't know how anyone could see that as freeing. It's crazy. You could sit there and, and all you want and, and, and talk about these policies where the government should give certain percent more for this program or should start up a new program to help you do this. What's more freeing? The, the conservative view of society, of life, is so much more freedom-filled. You get to control your own destiny. What you do controls where you end up. I mean, how, what could be more freeing than that? Oh, what if we just give everybody everything? Then they're all going to be great. No, that's not the way it works. Yeah. It doesn't happen. It doesn't really. Yeah. And when you give people things, they don't appreciate it the way they would if they earned it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it's it's madness. 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Uh, speaking of badness, uh, Michael Bloomberg has another plan. He's got a, a new health plan. Um. Apparently, we're going to slow down elevators in New York City so that people will take the stairs instead. 
That's if that's not progressivism. Oh my gosh, that's nudge. It is It'll nudge you into taking. Yes, the I got news for you. As an 800 pound man, I'm taking the slow elevator. Yeah, oh yeah, me, me too. too. And complaining, you me know, this too. elevator. I would love this elevator to move a little bit faster, but I'm not taking the stairs. Exactly. Along, by the right. way, with 100 percent of everyone else. <laughs> as part of his ongoing campaign to transform New York City into what he calls Fit City. Bloomberg is promoting active design for low-income housing developments being built there, where they're going to slow down the elevators. Just recently, the 124-unit, 37.7 million Arbor House was opened in the Bronx. The affordable housing development features murals and music along the stairway with elevators located farther from the front door that are programmed to move at a slow this pace. Because I, I thought this was just a stupid uh, idea. He threw is that he amazing? He's already doing it. With the, with the building? He's already done He's it. He's intentionally making your life yes. worse yes, to get to is. his progressive goal. Is that this crazy? Is progr- I, we've said this before. Glenn said this, you know, he's the new most dangerous man in America. He is the most overt progressive in America. And I'm really glad that he was a, was a Republican at one point because it shows that it's not just liberals doing this. Right. He's intentionally making the lives of poor people more difficult because he thinks it's better for them to take the stairs. And by the way, now you're, you're thinking, OK, well, uh, of course, Mike puts his money where his mouth is, right? He puts his effort where his mouth is, where his program is. He certainly takes the stairs in his own home. Uh, no, he's got a 30 million dollar, 30 million dollar townhouse with an elevator. <laughs> he's he's got an elevator in his own house. How many of us even have elevators in our homes? Point zero 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 one percent. He's one of very very very. That's a pretty elite club. Yeah, but he says, "Well, I have five floors. I take the stairs. Then why do you have an elevator in it? What do you mean you take the stairs? Well, then why is what's the elevator for? Ridiculous. It's it's just, it's the same old thing. Do as I say, not as I do." Triple eight seven two seven back. They want to bring you back to the. It's Pat and Stu. Um, the big story seems to be breaking right now. Uh, we we mentioned, what, it's been a month, month and a half, two months, something like that, that uh, Megyn Kelly was moving to primetime on Fox. And the big announcement here on Drudge is that she's occupying the 9 p.m. slot. So um, that's obviously 9 Eastern is where, where Hannity is right now. So yeah. does that mean they're teaming up or... Is he moving somewhere else? He must be moving somewhere else. Yeah, I, think so. I don't think it would be a bad thing. And he's he's had a partner before. He yeah. had Combs. Yeah. Um, she is definitely she, better than him. She'd be a <laughs> hell of a lot better than Alan Combs. <laughs> no doubt. Man. I mean, she's great. I, I love Megan. She's, she's great. She's great. She's awesome. I, I, I will say it does. I mean, for Sean Hannity, who, you know, helped build that network. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't I'm not saying it's, that it's a look, weird treatment be, for him because they're not saying what, what they're doing. Right, with they're him. kind of leaving him out there hanging right now. It's I mean, weird. I, I, he he probably will get maybe 10 p.m. or 7 p.m. or this, something. Or 8 p. I, I doubt he's going to move O'Reilly. Um, but you know, it's one of those things where yeah, you yeah, know, he'll, eight he'll o'clock a, is safe. Yeah, he'll get a good slot, and it, 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 there's probably not a negative for him at all. But it, you know, they want to change things up, and that happens with networks. You want to change things up because you know you just have the same thing for a while, and you want to change it up. That's fine. 
But I don't like the. I mean, this is getting leaked out there that they're putting her at nine without the explanation of what's happening to the other hosts in primetime. And it kind of screws the other hosts. They're just yeah, outside. They look like, you know, I'm sure everyone they know is calling them and emailing them. What the hell is happening? What's going on? What, what do you mean your, your show's moving? What's, are you, are you still going to be in the network? Like, why put them through that? Announce it all at once. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let everybody know. Like, why are you, te- I, I don't know. It's just weird. Um, there's some, a lot of speculation out there of what they're going to do. Uh, from the uh, idea of, you know, that maybe uh, he would go, Hannity would go to 10, either Greta would move back to 11 or move maybe during the day at some point. Because uh, right now 11, I believe, is an O'Reilly rerun. So theoretically, that could be movable. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that O'Reilly would want that. And obviously, it's the most highly rated show on the network. So why would you want to screw with that? But who knows, you know? Um, and then uh, there's some thought that maybe uh they might move uh you know Shep around and move Hannity back before O'Reilly uh who know, you know I don't know I, you know it's all speculation at this point but this is why it's I don't understand it like maybe it brings more attention to your announcement so maybe that's why they do it but I just feel like it kind of hangs it your host sucks for what they're doing I mean yeah. for for their talent uh, a guy who's been there since 95 much, yeah Ninety-five, I think, Hannity's been there the whole time. Yeah, I just I don't like a bad way to treat him. But you know, whatever. I mean, you know, it's obviously their network, and you know, who knows who knows what the real story is. I just I assume that they the hosts know already. Um, yeah, you would hope so. Yeah, so maybe Sean will talk about it on his show today. I'm sure he'll bring it up. So the story's still developing on Drudge. So when you click on it, it doesn't go anywhere. So I I don't know if they if uh, when this begins. I would assume September. I don't know. But uh, obviously, Megan has been announced now that she's going to 9 o'clock. What that does with Hannity, whether he pushes back to 10 or goes to 7, we don't know. So there's the latest um, on the Megan Kelly move. By the way, uh, as which is typical with uh, me around this time of year, everything that is said brings me back to the National Football League. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we're talking about good television programming, uh, it reminds me, thankfully, the NFL will be without all those celebrations this year because celebrations are killing the sport okay. in the NFL. And you've seen how crazy they are now. Look at the things we're talking about here, Pat, that they're finally going to get rid of. Uh, the military salute after a touchdown. You can't do that anymore? Way over the line. Okay. Oh my God. I really? Think, yeah. The military salute is gone from the NFL. That's what they're saying. Okay. What happens if you do it? It's a 15 yard penalty? Um, I think so. I was going to go under the excessive force. Or do uh, they chop your hand off? They chop your, they chip your whole arm it's off. The, Come on. It's the new Sharia NFL. <laughs> NFL rulebook states that a <laughs> team will penalize a loss of 15 yards if a player commits these acts. Sack dances. Oh my God. Oh man. Uh, the home run swing. You know, he's scoring. You got to yeah. do that. Okay. Come on. Uh, the Incredible Hulk. The Incredible. Okay. okay. Can't do that. What about the salsa dance? Like, you know, people probably don't know what we're talking about. Jeffy, could you illustrate each one of these as I say them? Be, <laughs> I think this is a better way for people to understand. Come right out here between the two. Yeah, come Let's right see. out here, So, Jeffy, so, so what I can see. Yes. Yeah, please. Yes. People don't know what they are. Come on. Come on, Jeffy. <clears throat> I'm doing the show. Pat's commenting. Mm-hmm. We need someone to act these out. Do we have a football? Just step up here. Come on, Jeffy. Just come on. You, you can, can do, do it without, without a football. football. They do. Hulk. Now, hold on. Get in the middle here. I'll That's tell you which Hulk. one to do. That's the okay. Hulk. Come on. Uh, we'll start off with the military yeah, salute. Like Very mm-hmm. easy to do. Military, military salute. salute. 
Okay. Now, you cross the line for a touchdown and then do it because it, so it feels like a. When's the last time you saw someone score a touchdown like that? Just today. <laughs> no one's ever done it. Just today. You're running it. You're running into a touchdown and you stop and you celebrate. <laughs> Have you ever watched a football game? No, never. You're awful. Why you get Keith in here? He's better. I think Keith is actually outperforming yeah. Jeff. I think, I think so. Okay. I think so. Next up is uh, sack dance. Do a sack dance for us. <laughs> he just sacked a quarterback. I, actually, I don't. Just, you know, I've just never sacked a, a fun sack. Actually. A fun sack dance. <laughs> okay. Okay. There, there you go. You're getting into it. I like good. it. Okay. Next up is the home run swing. <laughs> home run swing. Okay, there, there you that go. That was more of a, mm-hmm. eh, maybe, maybe a, a single or single. a foul ball. Uh, then let's do the uh, the Incredible Hulk. I don't want to rip my shirt. Mm-hmm. Like... <laughs> the shirt might get ripped, but it's not because of the muscles. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then you've got... Uh... Wait, no, wait, Seriously? Spiking the ball? Oh, yeah, you can't. You can't you spike, the ball. spike the ball in the NFL. That is a it's pretty bad. That's a horror show. You can't, they bad. just want you to set it down. Or what about the salsa dance from Victor Cruz? Oh, I, long dead now. Please tell me you, get, you can't do that. How about spinning the ball? You can't, yeah, you can't spin that. the that ball. That is the most. Oh my god! Uh, throwing, you get the football? Throwing or shoving the ball? Who shoves the ball? What? Hey, bad ball! <laughs> what? Uh, and then uh, pointing to the oh, ball. Pointing, don't point to the ball. <laughs> Pointing to the ball? That is unbelievable. Verbal taunting. Yeah. Yeah, touchdown, bitch. Yeah, okay. Good. <laughs> right. that was, that was Thank good. you. Thank uh, you. <laughs> military salute we did. <laughs> Standing over an opponent. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. And then finally, mm. just dancing. Jeffy, more dancing, please. Nice. Wow. Okay, that was just unnecessary there. Wow. See, that's that that's the sort of stuff. We, but seriously, spiking the ball and spinning the ball, those two are crazy. Pointing to the ball? Does anyone even do that? Hey, I have a ball. <laughs> this is a ball. Look at my. This is a ball. This just crossed the plane. <laughs> of the goal line. Wow, they are Stupid. sucking the fun out of that. That's I don't like celebration. Dances, I don't either. By the way. But, I'm not a fan. But that's ridiculous. You can't spike it or spin it. What do you? You just have to walk over and give it to the referee now, or just set it down, bro. They'll be like, no walking with the ball. <laughs> Jeez, I don't even know. Can like, you say I, yay? Can no. you say that? No, you, cannot, say no, you yay. can't say yay. No, you could say you yeah. Say good. I, I yeah. The Lambo leap. That's interesting. Is that lift through that? Yeah, it has to. You can't. You can't eliminate the Lambo oh, leap. Oh yeah, that's gone. Right? That's excessive celebration. That's excessive celebration. Uh, Packer fans would have a fit over that. Oh, they would. I mean, that's changing the the whole makeup of the game. Look, yeah. look, I am not a fan and could not stand stuff like Terrell Owens going into the end zone, bringing a Sharpie in a sock, oh, and, yeah, and signing stupid. the ball. I hate and that it, stuff. It has gone too far, but so does this. Yeah. And now this, now they've gone too far the other way. And this is why ridiculous. government sucks, by the way. Yes. This is, uh, and this is not a government regulation, but when you have a giant uh, organization trying to manage every little aspect of your life, you get, what you can't, they can't figure it out. Yep. You know, I mean, look, you know, you want to make some limits on it. I mean, I think everybody's, you don't want to have a 25 minute celebration. The sack dance is pathetic. Come on. I mean, you've sacked the quarterback. Act like you've been there. Same with the touchdowns, yeah. but a sack. Come on. It's a sack. Yeah. But a quick celebration, like the home run swing is a good, is a good one. Like, I'm sorry. A home run swing that is a quick celebration. It takes less than a second. Yeah. You know, you they, don't mention do the, yeah. they didn't mention the dunk, though, right? The, no, I did not the, see the dunk uh, over the goalpost. The, yeah. 
You can do that. I, I, it's, it's not mentioned, happened. presumably. All right, triple eight seven two seven Beck eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. Good afternoon. My name is Anthony Weiner, and I'm candidate for mayor of New York City. You may not branch your size. No, you can't branch no, your size. You may not branch your size. No, no. We were just talking about this during the break. Uh, you know, Stu was mentioning a couple of years ago, could you have even imagined the NFL not being able to tackle in practice? Which most teams now do not do full tackle to the ground drills anymore. It's just amazing. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, how much has it changed since the days that we've talked about many times, you know, with the, with the big John Vicenda voice and the, and the NFL films when they were, when they're talking about the, the days of the fifties and sixties with the real men of football. Dun, 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 dun. Bronco Nagurski came out for the second half after having lost his right arm, <laughs> his left leg, and both of his eyes in the first half. <laughs> he crawled yeah. out to the line of scrimmage on his teeth. <laughs> really? <laughs> you know, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Those kinds of things. That doesn't happen anymore. No. I mean, it doesn't. Yeah. I, I mean, think like, you know, Jeffy mumbling off mic as usual said something to the effect of, well, that's good that they don't tackle yeah, practice anymore. And, and there's arguments. Obviously, the players believe that because, you know, you're not going to get hurt as much. And, you know, fans don't want their players getting hurt either. But, of course, when we see in week one and week two that no one on any defense can tackle anyone, uh, everyone will say, mm-hmm. oh, well, these guys just can't tackle like they used to. Yeah, you, I wonder why. But beyond that, whether it's good or bad. Could you possibly have imagined that pro football would abandon tackling during no. practice? No. It's 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 unbelievable. Even if it's the best idea in the world, you'd never think that these hardened coaches who went through all of these two-a-days and crazy practice schedules, you'd mm-hmm. be running back and running sprints until you puked. I mean, <laughs> And then that run was, some more. And then like, okay, guys, let's just do a little two-hand touch now. We're going to do a little two-hand touch, a little, t- a little flag football maybe. Let's do a little flag football, and then I don't want you guys to run. Let's do walkthroughs. Let's just walk through for a couple of hours. The CBO now. How long before that happens in the game? Yeah. I mean, we cannot be that far away. I, you know, I think it will take a long time, but it, it may happen. It may happen in it our might. lifetimes. Maybe it's 20 oh, years. Maybe at that point, you just lose football. I mean, they're yeah. not going to play it yes. with two-hand touch. <laughs> you know, just football becomes illegal uh, at that point, what about and you just can't do it. Yeah, I would not be surprised. I would not. I mean, I would. It would kill me. I mean, it's seriously. You want to talk about something that would actually have a huge impact on my life? Is if mm-hmm. football went away? But mm-hmm. I would not be surprised, especially with all this concussion stuff. They've got a monetary uh, bludgeon against the NFL, and you know, these yeah, they do. Of people suing them, and, yeah, and they, they just keep backing off. They're up backing against off it. Backing off. We could. I mean, I never thought so until last year or the year before. We could lose football. We really could lose the NFL. 
And and if you lose the NFL, you you might lose college football too. Because is it worth it? Is is the risk worth it in college when you're not even making money? If it's not if it's not worth it when you're making fifteen or one to eighteen million dollars a year, it's certainly not worth it for free. Yeah. And this, so this would why be take the risk? A union way to handle this problem to take away the ultimate golden goose from your players and kill it. Yep. They, they will kill it. Yeah, uh, I don't. You know, my guess is it just gets softer and softer, and it doesn't go away. I mean, I think the league will just get softer and softer. You'll stop. Well, you, it could go away hits. with the lawsuits. It could. I mean, the lawsuits could kill it. What are last I heard? Weren't there a couple thousand people oh, yeah. involved in the lawsuit against the NFL? If you got a class action lawsuit big enough, you could almost destroy the business. You really could. If if they lost the class action lawsuit and it cost them billions. Uh, are you going to keep going? They won't. I don't know. I don't think they will, though. Who will? What? I don't think the NFL will lose that. <laughs> uh, they won't. Great, they won't. I don't think the NFL podcast. will lose that. Thank you. Yeah, that was a great Commenting on what you were talking uh, about, the I NFL will, will not. We were won't. talking about multiple things. We were talking yes. about lawsuits. We were talking about will the, will the league go out of business. Yes. We were talking about will the lawsuit they won't, people though. win. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I didn't I made myself clear. <laughs> Who won't what? <laughs> will the lawsuit not work? Will the NFL not quit? What? Which, what part of that are you talking about? Because it's about? not just broadcasting. It was actual human conversation Communication, which you failed at. <laughs> they won't. They, they won't. Though. They won't. Those spoons. Things happen. <laughs> well, too Jim. many spoons. <laughs> too many. What? We weren't even talking about spoons. Uh, so good. I, I know, but they won't. Because they don't. They don't have them. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Uh, That's the beauty of Jeffy, right there. Yeah. Um, now, now uh, Rand Paul is apparently uh, upset with uh, George Snuffleupagus. Well, yeah, I mean, I think this is a pretty interesting clip, and I think it's something that probably, I don't know, let's let you make your mind up on this. This is Rand Paul making the case uh, on on the election on the completely invisible Geraldo Rivera radio program. Rens Priebus, the RNC chair, uh, was on uh, the Republican, uh, top top politician on the Republican side, just saying that uh, if CNN and NBC don't cancel their planned films about Hillary Clinton, that he's not going to allow any Republicans to participate in debates on those networks. Do you agree with that? Well, you know, you can look back to the last primary season and you wonder whether there was collusion between some reporters. You know, Stephanopoulos asks an obscure question about Griswold and birth control when no Republicans were bringing up anything about trying to have any limits on birth control. Griswold versus Connecticut, a big, uh, big privacy Supreme Court decision way back when, but kind of obscure. You're right. Yeah, and I'm I'm in favor of the Griswold decision because I am in favor of privacy. But the thing is, is it was a weird thing to bring up in a debate. Nobody understood why. But then for two years, the president's campaign then ran ads saying that the Republicans were against people allowing birth control. So you wonder if there was a concerted action between a former Democrat operative and basically the president's campaign. Well, well so you're, well you're you're allege are you alleging that George Stephanopoulos uh, was a Democrat plant uh, during the debate? I'm saying that there, you, it makes you wonder, and he's also said publicly that he has frequent correspondence with his friends who are still involved with the White House. <laughs> so the question is, hmm. are you going to get a fair shake? And I think it's a reasonable question for Republicans to ask, should we be scheduling debates and allowing people who used to and still do have contact with the active uh, Democrat Party, should we be subjecting ourselves to that, or should we try to have more neutral or objective uh, type of moderators? 
Okay, well, uh, first of all, Geraldo Rivera has a radio program? <laughs> yes. What? Uh, Who knew yes. that? Where does that broadcast? That was a, it's a cumulus uh, program. Is it really? Uh, yeah, I guess it's one of those shows that, that they're trying to holy uh, cow. make it to a big deal. Uh, okay, not, that's, 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 that's the first news being made there. Mm-hmm. Secondly, he acts as if it's in, you know... It's stretching credulity to say that George Stephanopoulos might be in with the Democrats, with the Democrat Party, that he might be a planner. He worked for the Clintons. What are you talking about? Yeah. Of course, the guy has access to all these guys. He's he's involved in planning and meeting and strategizing with them. Uh, is that is that news to anybody? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the news would be. Hey, we want to do this war on women thing, but we don't have anything on it. Can you get it started? Sure. Was there that level of collusion? Uh, I would not put it past them. Surprise me, one iota. However, I will say the other level that it could be, and it's not as much collusion, is uh, they're sitting in the back room, and uh, one of the producers, who obviously hates all the Republicans on stage, says, "You know, what's the question we can ask that will embarrass them?" Like, we know these evil conservatives don't want women having sex and have being able to, you know, birth control. What, but the, how, we have to corner them. We have to embarrass them. This is how you get the evolution questions. This is how you get mm-hmm. the, do you believe in rape in the cases of incest questions? They look for that where they believe Republicans are most vulnerable, where they can get a soundbite out of them and make news out of it. And then maybe, uh, they ran with it because of the birth, the birth control thing. Um, because it, you know, they went with the war on women, uh, narrative anyway, and that was just coincidence to me. I remember watching that debate and I remember that question coming out and saying out loud, what, what kind of question is that? Who is up there? And you know, you get that moment of worry almost of like, is one of these guys trying to like, is that part of their big platform? Like they're trying to stop birth control? Really? Like, yeah. I was like, that is going to be a tough one to fight. Who believes that? Is that, who is that, Santorum? Because I think they asked Santorum about it. And then they asked Romney about it. And Romney's like, I don't, why are you even asking this question? Remember how incredulous yeah. he was? Yeah. And I remember, uh, let me be guilty here, thinking to myself, the way I reacted to that was, what a moronic question. That's hilarious. And yet it worked. And it worked. They actually kind of stuck. What, what, because, uh, I mean, yeah. and it wasn't it was even a, an embarrassing answer, if you remember, too. It was, you know, they all said the same thing, that they they were fine with birth control. No one was looking to make it illegal. Mm-hmm. But the war on women thing actually worked. Yeah, it's it hard did. to it's hard to say it didn't. I mean, it it is an incredibly depressing sign for the future of this country that an argument so stupid could work. You know, who's fighting a war on women is Tara Reid. Tara Reid is waging a war on women to make them look stupid. I totally disagree with that. Did you hear her new science? No, I don't. I haven't heard it. You haven't I've heard, heard about it, but is this where she's stopped the war on women and made them look smart again? Oh yeah. Oh, okay, you're good. Gonna, you're gonna. All be... right, good. I I want to stand corrected because I hate I hate to see her waging this war. Um, but you were talking about this earlier, and uh, apparently she is the she was the host of the Sharknado show. Not the host. She was in the movie. She was in the movie. Um, uh, yeah, she was. Uh... So Sharknado was a movie. Yeah. Uh, if we're being serious and not sarcastic, it was a documentary. For, yeah, for a moment, if we could be serious and okay. not sarcastic, right. it was like one of these bad, intentionally bad sci-fi movies, a la Snakes on a Plane. Okay, so you have this ridiculous scenario that could ever happen, but all okay. the actors in the movie act as if it's serious. And this is where sharks get caught up in a tornado, right? Yep. 
And so sharks are part of the tornado. So right, it's a so shark it's a sharknado. Nado. And then yeah. when that lands on you, obviously you're having... Is it a full-length movie? Yeah, it's it, you know, <laughs> on the sci-fi network. Okay. Know. But, right. I mean, you, you saw, you right. see this, I'm sure, but you, you know of snakes on a plane. I do. Which I've is, heard it. You take heard this it. absurd scenario. Why would there be thousands of snakes on a flying plane? It makes <laughs> yeah. no sense at all. And then you yeah. act, everything that happens, there's these ridiculous scenarios where, like, you know, like, the guy's about to throw up. He's like, oh, my gosh. You see someone get killed by a snake. He's going to throw up. And he goes, and he opens up the, the sick bag, and a snake comes out and got, dives down his throat. Oh. You know, like, it's these really ridiculous, like, oh. almost Acme Roadrunner scenarios. Oh, They're so, and it's comedy. It really mm. is comedy. But the people in the movie don't act like it's comedy. It's They act straight up like this is really happening to them. Mm-hmm. So this has become a little bit of a genre. Okay. Um, and so the genre here, you know, Tara Reid is the female star of that. Uh, she goes on Discovery Shark Week to talk about it, because obviously she, she's, she'd be an expert now. She's in Sharknado, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, uh, of course. She says... Um, Today, uh, oh, she had the clip? Yeah. Oh, nice. What's here? Today, today, I was like, all right, I don't want to, like, really sound stupid when I do this show today. They're like, so learn a little education on sharks. So I'm, I look up sharks on the internet, and then I see, like, whale sharks. I'm like, oh, that must mean a whale and a shark have sex. And then I think, well, how, do, how does a whale and a shark have sex? And I looked Was up, there a video of it? No, because oh. there's a thing called whale sharks. So yes. I thought they must, you know. And then I realized that whales are mammals and sharks are animals. They have nothing to do with each other. Did you ever see a tiger shark? So basically, the, 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 the dolphins have sex with each other, but the sharks don't. So I thought, then how is it such a thing? But the difference is there's a whale shark. He's the biggest shark in the ocean, but he's not so scary. And then you got the great white. It's all There's like over 400 kinds of sharks. But the whale shark is kind of interesting. He's not so mean. I know exactly what There's you're talking about. There's so much information here. Gosh, she's not kidding. Oh, no. she is stupid. Wow. I mean, that is wow. Holy cow! What a great question from the from I don't know who the guy was on the couch with her, but uh, you ever heard of a tiger shark? Yeah, <laughs> tiger and a shark had sex. Is yeah. that what you're saying here, Tara? Yeah, yeah, tiger with a hammerhead. How did that happen? The he's, tiger and the shark had sex. How the other did that guy happen? The couch is uh, the guy from he's a nine hundred two and but he's the other star of Sharknado. Oh, the really? Ian Ziering, yeah, he was. He played uh, oh, that, Steve, wait, I believe, on nine hundred two and Get a mm-hmm. Ian Ziering. Yeah, is which guy? Is the guy on the couch with Tara Reid? Oh, okay. Oh, wow. I think he's the one that actually asked that question. Yeah, he's right in there. Sharknado, that's yeah. Ziering. Yeah. Okay, so he's isn't he married to Megan Fox? Or is that somebody? No, that's somebody else. Yeah, I don't think so. Well, who's the guy hosting the show then? Is he I the think host? He's of the Discovery show? Channel Shark Week guy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I, it's a, that's an interesting clip because I had read the hmm. transcript earlier and we were, the guy's good enough to get the clip. The, uh, the interesting thing about that is I read it and kind of thinking she might be kidding. Uh, no. She's not kidding. Not kidding at all. 100% serious and also drunk and stoned at the same time. Like she can't even form the words. I don't know if she's like that all the time, <laughs> but, uh, I, I always feel bad for Terry because she kind of like, she had that thing where she was popular for a while and she really turned into sort of this like, drunken mess joke sort of person and i don't know i mean like she's a little ditzy but does does, does she deserve that Eh, this kind of answers that question (laughs) yeah it (laughs) kind of did plus i believe rumors have it that uh, she's out yeah she's out for sharknado too yeah she's She's out out. oh no which is i I will say shocking i mean you have you're the sci-fi channel okay (laughs) you have a movie that's this big which by the way it's you know it's a a little cultural phenomenon for for the sci-fi network it's got to be gigantic i mean Mm -hmm. 
It's the, by far the biggest thing they've ever done, right? And you don't bring back the female lead right. in your movie? I mean, really? Was, is there someone that Come much on, they better for Sharknado? The integrity too? of Sharknado. Come yeah. on. You got the integrity of Sharknado. If they just switch around for another blonde, they're going to be very pissed. You know? Now, see, if I miss Sharknado 1, will I understand Sharknado 2? I don't think so. I don't think so. I've got to go back and do some research. They'll here. run it back to back. Okay, good. Yeah, no all right. It'll be all right. 888 back. sound stupid when I did this show today. They're like, yeah, so like, learn a little education like, on sharks. So I'm, I look up sharks on the internet, mm-hmm. and then I see like whale sharks. I'm like, oh, that must mean a whale a and whale. a shark and have shark. sex. And then I think, well, how do how does a whale and a shark have sex? And then I look. Was up, there a video of it? No, because oh. there's a thing called whale sharks. So yes. I thought they must, you know. And then I realized that Dead whales serious. are mammals. And sharks are animals. They have nothing to do with each other. Did you ever see a tiger shark? So basically, like the, the, the dolphins have sex with each other, but the sharks don't. So I thought, then how is it such a thing? But the difference is there's a whale shark. This is the biggest shark in the Think ocean, but he's not it. so scary. And then you got the great Think white. It's all There's like over 400 kinds of sharks. But the whale shark is kind of interesting. He's not so mean. I know exactly what I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because because, uh, some people out there in our nation don't have maps. And uh, I believe that our education, like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq, everywhere like such as, and (laughs) I believe that they should, should. our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S. or or should help South Africa Africa. and should help the Iraq and the Asian countries. So we will be able to build up our future. She knows, watching that, you would see in her eyes, she knows she's blowing that answer. Oh, yes, she Reed has no idea she's blowing it. That's very true. Mm. That's very true. Kate, Caitlin, much smarter than Tara Reed. Mm-hmm. Much. Much smarter. 888-727-BECK. Now, uh, an equally probably preposterous movie is coming out tomorrow, I think. Uh, I think it starts, yeah, I think it opens wide tomorrow. Elysium. We've talked about this every day for about six months. <laughs> so true. Why are we so obsessed <laughs> I, with this I don't movie? know. Well, the latest thing is, and this is probably the, the most interesting, the Hollywood Reporter has called this movie a politically charged flight of speculative fiction. And Variety said it's one of the more, quote, the more openly socialist political agendas of any Hollywood movie in memory, beating the drum loudly, not just for universal health care, but for open borders, unconditional amnesty and the abolition of class distinctions as well. Now, director of Elysium, Neil Blomkamp, begs to differ. He's and so does Matt Damon, the star. Both of them say, uh, "No, they're, no, I didn't even enter our minds." <laughs> really, really, really. Even the Hollywood Reporter and Variety are saying this is political bullcrap. The guy who did uh, District Nine is this South African who directed uh, Elysium. But he says, no, no, this is all just by accident. They had no political agenda whatsoever. It's so funny, because District 9, if you if you saw District 9, 
Uh, it's a movie about essentially apartheid in South Africa. This guy grew up in South Africa. He's telling the story of apartheid in, mm-hmm. in South Africa, except he tells it between humans and aliens. Aliens land on the planet. Humans don't like the aliens. They com- they they separate themselves into two societies, and they give them the shanty town essentially. Uh, and I mean, of course, he's implementing this. This is what he did with the last movie, and he's doing it again here. Exactly, his philosophy in in movie form, which, by the way, is a brilliant way to communicate it. Yeah, you know? I mean, that's why Man in the Moon is a very early pro- uh, example of that. But you see, like this true story of America, true story of faith, as Glenn tells it through something that's entertaining. It's a way to reach an audience that wouldn't normally listen. But just know, if you go to this thing, you're probably going to get really pissed. Yes. <laughs> so. You're going to be rooting for the evil people. Just pre- be prepared. Uh, Jay Severin on Blaze Radio is next.